You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 151. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. Honor and a privilege to have you here. All right, here comes school. Here comes the school, do 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 do. Here comes the school, that's right. Where did summer go? Boo do 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 Um, that was to the tune of "Here Comes the Sun," but it's not public domain, so I don't want to sing it on the show. And then uh, I don't know, have the Beatles sue me? So <laughs> here comes the school year. And for some of you, you may have already started it. Um, For others, you might be uh, gearing up for it. And for others, it might still be a couple weeks away. But either way, it's upon us. And I want to talk about five ways to get your mindset right for this fall semester. Now, part of this is taken from a morning talk show um, segment that I hosted on a uh, channel in San Antonio last year. And so I thought, well, this will be fun. Let's bring this back out again. Uh, Because there's so much of this that is actually evergreen content. It still works. And so one of some of the ways that I would really like to have you be thinking about what it is you can be doing in order to help yourself be ready for the school year is to start thinking out what your semester is going to be like in terms of what it is you've experienced in the past versus what it is you're willing to create for yourself right now in your present for your future. So I've got five key points that I brought up in the morning talk show piece, and I'm also going to align those with my five zones that I teach uh, my clients about and that I walk through uh, people whenever I come to speak at different engagements, sometimes universities. And by the way, if you'd like me to come to your university, you should email me and let me know who to talk to, and I'll come visit you. Tip number one, carve out a physical space just for learning, especially if you have some of your classes virtually. Now, this physical space idea was absolutely last year. For a lot of people, they were doing online. It was very virtual. It's not as virtual anymore, although some places still do a heavy lifting on the virtual space. What's important about the physical space for learning aspect of it is what is your environment when you're doing the things that you're doing for school, for life, for pleasure, for work, right? Is your room organized and clean? Do you have an office just for working? Is your home, does it smell good? Is it clean? Are you having a good relationship with your roommates? Foreshadowing to a roommate episode coming up, right? What about your city, your state, your country? Are these places, um, you know, creating a sense of empowerment for you, right? Are you watching too much news so you think your city, state, or country is falling apart? Would it be better if maybe you just dissociated with some of that news for a little while while you focused on your schoolwork? Focus on what you can control, and what you can control is your environment, is your mindset. So be thinking about your environment, right? If you're doing things in your dorm, if you're doing things in your apartment, does the space really open you up to learning, or are there tons of distractions? 
if there's a tons of distractions because your roommates are getting drunk and playing loud video games in the living room or because everybody's running up and down the, the hallways of your dorm, then go to the library. Go to your your college, you know, the school within the school and find an empty room like I used to do and go in there and sit down and get your studying done. Take your laptop, go hide off in a corner, plug it into some Wi-Fi, hotspot it with your phone and get your work done. Keep your apartment, keep your room clean, make your bed, empty out the garbage, don't let dishes pile up. Your environment plays a tremendous role in how your conscious mind looks around and feels about yourself and what your unconscious mind thinks it has going on. If your house is a disaster and it stinks and there's garbage everywhere and the dishes are piling up, your mind's probably just as cluttered. And that's going to do you no good when it comes to focusing on the task at hand. Now, as I mentioned a moment ago, to get your mindset right, you got to understand the difference between growth and fixed. Growth mindset tells you that you can learn anything if you prioritize it, if you put some effort into it, if you really open yourself up to the fact that you may not know it now, but really it's just that you don't know it yet, right? We go into all these classes not knowing about much about the subject material, and then the teacher explains it to us. We read the textbook, we take some tests, we do some papers, and we leave, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, I know a lot more about that. It's seemingly odd to me how we can have a growth mindset throughout our childhood. We take on new things. We understand that the more effort we put into it, the more we learn it, the better we get at it. And then somehow we become like 30-year-olds and forget that back in the day, it was just like you just had to practice. You just had to do it. You just had to put forth the effort. We go to pick up something new and it frustrates us because we're not immediately amazing at it, which is where perfectionism will screw you. If you're a perfectionist, then it's like you don't want to pick up new things because you will not be perfect at those things when you first start. And at some point, you'll just finally be like, well, if I can't be perfect, I don't even want to do it. And then you'll miss out on the opportunity to pick up some amazing talents, passions, and skills and hobbies. So get your mindset right. Understand that you can learn anything you're willing to put your mind to and you're willing to prioritize. This is where the P4F list comes in handy. Priority, focus, 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 focus. Jump roping is a, is on my focus list. It's right up there with 10,000 steps, and it's right up there with working out. And one of the better ways to get your mindset right is to understand um, how you spend your time, um, the food you eat, your physical activity. These will have a tremendous effect on your mindset. If you're filling your belly up full of junk food, if you're sitting around watching TV and social media all the time, if you're not getting much physical activity, right, your mindset's going to be sluggish. You're going to feel groggy. You're not going to feel much of anything. If anything, you might feel worse about yourself. So if you want to get your mindset right, eat some healthy food. Maybe not all the time, but at least once in a while. Get some physical activity. Look up from the phone. Turn the TV off. Pick up something that you've always wanted to try and then just go at it for one minute a day. If that's all you got, that's all you got. Hedonistic adaptation will take care of the rest later. Number three, so we got get your mindset right, and we got carve out your physical space, right? Be paying attention to your environment. Number three, your sleep schedule, right? This is this this falls in line with physical health and wellness, right? How's your physical body doing? Are you getting enough sleep? If you're finding that it's hard to sleep at night, it might be because you're not getting enough physical activity during the day. The body will definitely fall asleep if it's tired. The mind might want to race. But the body will go to sleep. And what's the, and what's the mind racing about? 
Did you not study enough today? You're stressed out about a test? You're stressed out about a paper? Right? Then daydream about 15 minutes after you take the test. 15 minutes after you turn in the paper. And daydream about how it's a success. How the teacher's smiling at you. How the teacher's saying, wow, great job. Can't believe it. Knocked it out of the park. A+. Now feel what those feelings of success are inside your body. Take that lesson. What were the things that you did to create that, that illusion in your life? That you got an A on the test, that you got an A on the paper. What is it that you did in order to create that? Do you carve out 30, 45 minutes a day to study? An hour every two days to work on the paper? Reverse engineer it. What did you do to create, to elicit those positive feelings of success 15 minutes after you turned in the paper or you turned in the test? Daydream about that. Now take those positive feelings and come back to your present self. Now how do you feel about that? 15 minutes after the event, the successful conclusion, the successful completion of the event, feel the feelings of success, of happiness of satisfaction of knowing you did a good job. Look back from that 15 minutes after the successful completion of the event and ask yourself, what were the the things you did in order to feel that? Now take that lesson from this daydream and bring it back to your present moment and then do those things. Feel those feelings. This is sort of a hodgepodge NLP practice that I do with people who have anxiety. But if you want to release anxiety, go 15 minutes past the, the moment of whatever's bringing you anxiety, the speech, the test, the paper, and then daydream. Visualize yourself having successfully completed that. How do you feel upon this successful completion? What were the things you did to prepare in order to have a successful completion? Now come back from this visualization to the present moment, bringing those feelings back, remembering what it was that you did to create the success in that daydream. Bring it back to the present moment. Embrace those feelings. Embrace those feelings and then replicate what you envisioned yourself doing in order to achieve that successful completion and then do those things. Getting a good night's sleep is one of the most important things that you'll be able to do for yourself throughout your entire life. If your mind is racing and you're full of anxiety, daydream about the successful completion. See what it was you did in order for the successful completion to have come to that conclusion. Embrace the feelings of excitement and happiness and satisfaction from successfully completing the moment that was giving you anxiety and then come back to the present and replicate that in your life. Do those things that create that feeling. Anxiety is future pacing. It's thinking about something that's going to happen in the future and then thinking it's going to end up bad. You could just as easily think about something that's going to happen in the future and think about finishing good. That is really what seems to be lost on people is that instead of seeing things as anxiety, see it as excitement. Because the brain fires them off the same way. The brain um, utilizes anxiety and excitement the same way. They're both arousal emotions. So if you have anxiety, it could be your brain just saying, oh my God, I'm so excited, I can't wait till we get to do this thing. But because anxiety and excitement feel the same way, if it's something you have some trepidation, some fear around, you'll think it's anxiety. When in reality, your mind could be wanting you to feel it as as excitement. Like, oh my God, you have been wanting to ace this class. You have been thinking about this class. You have been thinking about this speech. You have been thinking of this opportunity for years, and here it is. Oh my God, isn't this exciting? You finally get to step into your meant to be. 
This could be what your mind is actually sending you signals for. And your body's on board and it's pumping you full of excitement. But that never-do-well naysayer, automatic negative thought version of yourself is sitting there telling you, oh my God, I'm going to fail. I'm going to drop the ball. I'm going to be such a loser. No one will ever love me. You're making all that up in your head and you're driving yourself mad with anxiety. The likelihood that that it is excitement is just as likely that it's anxiety. And you get to choose. You get to choose. Isn't that amazing? Your mindset allows you to choose. Is this anxiety or is this excitement? If you want to be the best version of yourself, get on a good sleep schedule. If your mind starts racing, choose to feel it as excitement. Daydream about all the good. Because your mind doesn't know the difference between something vividly imagined and something that actually happened. So if you lie awake at night, vividly imagining your failure, what do you think those signals you're sending to your brain are? It's already envisioned you failing 50 times. Wouldn't you much rather having the experience of envisioning you succeeding? This is the power of visualization. There's not a football player alive who sits there and visualizes themselves dropping the ball. There's not a baseball player that gets up there and envisions themselves striking out. And if they are, then then they're probably going to go find a sports psychologist because they know better. They know to not daydream and envision themselves dropping balls and swinging the bat and missing, shooting the game-winning shot and have it brick off the rim. No, they're daydreaming about the success. And will they always succeed? No. Michael Jordan missed just as many game-winning shots as he made but he made more game-winning shots than anybody else in NBA history. And he still missed a ton. It's all about the times you succeed. There is no failure. There's only feedback. So whenever things don't go the way you want them, it's a feedback opportunity. Learn from it. Have the self-awareness to figure out what you could have done just a smidge bit more desirably and then do that the next time. Tip number four, this is about the biochemistry of your brain, how habits are formed, how we rewire our brains. And this one, it's about social media. Now, I know some of you have seen me on TikTok and Reels and Instagram and LinkedIn and all the social media channels. Of course, I'm on there. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. I, that's just the way that it is. It's the nature of the beast. But when I go on social media, I go on social media for a purpose. Yeah, I will watch certain people. I'll flip through TikTok and allow it to, you know, show me some cool stuff, gives me some great ideas for future videos. I get to find some amazing talent out there. But I limit myself to that. No more than 30 minutes a day of social media. I know for some of you that might seem preposterous, but I'm listening to books. I'm listening to music. I'm I'm reading. I'm learning. I'm creating. I learn to create And I create to get the things that I've learned out of my head so that I can apply them, evaluate them in my life, share them with y'all, and then go off and rinse, wash, repeat, learn some more, create some more, apply some more, evaluate some more. I love it. I learn to create. That's my version of being an artist. I'm not a painter. 
I am not a professional writer. Like I can write, but I'm by no stretch of the imagination, you know, Dean Koontz or I don't know, whatever authors are super popular out there, you know, George R.R. Martin or the woman who wrote the Harry Potter books, if people aren't still pissed off at her, like, right? Like I'm not one of those writers who like made a billion dollars writing a novel that goes down as the, in the history of the annals of time as the best I've all, right? Like I wrote College Success Habits and it's a great book, but it by no means is the Library of Congress kicking down my door to put it in their vault, <laughs> But I'm good at learning things and creating podcasts or creating blog posts or creating programs around them. I love learning. I love creating. That's my artistry. So when you limit social media, you actually open yourself up to creating more things. And maybe you create things and then post about it on social media and then you interact with your people, your followers, and that's awesome. But everybody is striving to become an influencer. The shelf life on influencing is very short especially if you pick something where you could possibly age out your whole followers, right? If you're sitting there talking about ways to make your college dorm super cute and eventually you don't live in a college dorm, you better know how to grow with your followers because eventually they'll all be out of college too. So you could be how to make your house super cute, your garage super cute, your life super cute. But if you're just thinking that you're going to make a couple hundred million dollars as being an influencer, you think you're the next Kardashian, there is a whole boneyard full of people who thought that they were going to turn social media into their cash cow and found that the Twitterverse is very fickle. And you're popular one minute and you're, and you're off the radar the next. But if you can get some loyal followers for your business, if you can get people to pay attention to you, you only need a couple thousand truly loyal people and you can make a career out of that because they will help spread your word. And social media is great for that. But just getting on there and, and just scrolling up and down and left and right because you just can't figure out anything else to do is a horrible way to spend your free time. And the last tip um, a year ago, it was about getting a comfy mask because, heaven forbid, you get sick. Um, but now it's going to be more about your mental health, right? Whether it be COVID, the flu, there's all these different physical ailments. There's all these people around you. They're right. You, for two years, people were wearing masks. We got used to half of our face only showing, right? If you, could, if you didn't recognize somebody's eyes, you didn't even know who the hell they were. We live in a different world now. Some people want to wear masks. Some people don't. Some people are left, some people are right, some people want to scream about this, some people want to scream about that. We talked about those divisive issues um, not too long ago, actually. You know, I believe that we were somewhere, um, I think it was episode 142, stimulus choice, reaction, response, emotionally reacting versus emotionally grounding. Right? There's a lot of polarizing issues going on out there, but you can choose to allow your mental health to not be dragged down by them. And that's number five. Pay attention to your mental health, your emotional intelligence. Are you self-aware about what's going on in your life? Are you, are you able to manage your emotions? Do you have the social awareness to tell when somebody is sad, when somebody's happy, when somebody would rather be left alone, when somebody really needs your support? Relationship management. All right? Do you know um, how to manage your relationships? Do you know when to be there for others and when to give them space for them to be strong within themselves? Do you know how to ask others for help? Do you know how to do try something a couple times before you ask others for help? Emotional Intelligence 2.0 is a fantastic book. And it's one I have utilized to teach many people emotional intelligence. 
coming out of this post-pandemic, which we're only sort of kind of post-pandemic because it seems like there's always another variation around the corner, mental health is extremely important. We are, we are not a divided country. We are just a country with a lot of people with varying opinions. But it does not mean we have to be at each other's throats. We are all going through our own version of mental health and mental unhealthiness. I think it's time that we stand next to each other, offer support, listen to somebody else. And then when somebody listens to you, then do like kind back to them and listen to them. If there's one thing I have noticed, and I've noticed a lot of things about human behavior, is we all really just want to be heard. We want to be recognized and we want to know people care. Be that for somebody else. Have them be that for you. And I can assure you, it'll be a foregone conclusion that this country could step into inclusivity over exclusivity if we just embrace our own mental health and that of others as something that is growing and evolving through learning. This is your opportunity to stand up and be the version of yourself you want others to experience through you. We often think that we're being ourselves, but it can turn out that what we're being is we're being the person we think the other person wants us to. But what's really happening in their head is that they they see us as they see us. So then we end up behaving as the person we think they think we are. It's it's very odd, isn't it? It's the thing about the riddle. We end up behaving like the person we think our friend or our lover thinks we are. But who do we really just want to be? Just be that person right out the gate. And those that are attracted to it, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally and spiritually, will find you. And that, my friends, is the beginning of inclusivity over exclusivity. So you have your five, right? Pay attention to your mental health. Limit social media. Get good sleep. Be focused on your habits. Be thinking about your growth versus fixed mindset. Eliminate junk food. Eliminate the social media. Stop watching so much TV. And carve out a physical space, your environment, that's clean, that's organized, that uplifts you. And I swear, you pay attention to these five things and your life will grow towards your meant to be. All right, my friends, the power of positive energy. Release and flow. I will see you next week. Bye-bye. 